Welcome everyone to What the Force. I'm Marie Claire Gould, your host, and this is another Bad Batch Report. Today we are going to be covering Season 2, Episode 9 and 10, The Crossing and Retrieval. And joining me for this episode is my good friend, Michelle. Hello, everybody. Thank you. Get well soon, Molly. Yeah. Molly, unfortunately, has lost her voice and thus couldn't record, although she really wanted to. Uh, so I feel bad. I feel bad bopping into her spot, but I'll do my best, Molly. Hopefully I'll make you happy. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get into these episodes, which I wasn't expecting them to be a two-parter, but they really are completely. Yeah. They could have been like one episode. It actually makes me question whether this show would be better released as consistently two episodes a week. Yeah. The, well, this one for sure. Yeah. And then a couple of the other two-parters, well, they did release at the same time. But yeah, this one, it seemed like, why didn't they? But maybe they just, <laughs> who knows? Who knows the timing of things at Lucasfilm, what they're yeah. up to. Maybe they give lots of two-parter options for the middle of the season. <laughs> oh, that could be true, too. Yeah, let's see. We could have this one or we could have that one. Which one yeah. would you like? How how compressed do you want this schedule to be? <laughs> right, exactly. How much overlapping with The Mandalorian are we going to do so we don't kill all of our podcasters? <laughs> Oh, they don't like us because we're also going to celebration. And so yes, that's yes, we are. also happening. Uh, briefly, before we get into the first episode, I did want to talk about kind of some of the major things to pay attention to as we go through these episodes, because I think it's really important. Um, once again, we have another uh, set of mind symbolism in Star Wars. So mm. over 70 minds have appeared in Star Wars. It's probably somewhere upwards of 80 now. And we almost That's have bananas. kind of three different pieces to the symbolism in this these two part episodes. So the first is sort of a used up mine that only has the 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 bits remaining, right? And and deep in mm. deep in the mine is sort of uh some key key knowledge. <laughs> right. Or or um something super valuable that you can only find when you're really, really deep in there. And of course mm -hmm. that ties to the Ipsum representing sort of thematically the elixir of the underworld that you find deep within the darkness. So we have uh, sort of part one, which is a traditional sort of cave metaphor um, that covers a, a catabasis journey and a reintegration of things that are broken. And that's entirely this first episode. Uh, the second episode, we have sort of mining as consumption, uh, this sort of quick and easy path as a representation that also ends up using up the denizens of the mine, as well as consuming the uh, aspects that are hidden within the mine itself. And this ties quite closely to sort of the lost mind motif in folklore. Uh, it, it really is quite tied to the American dream, it, you know, that when you go and you try and find a lost treasure, it's more like getting rich through little work. <laughs> but right. It's corrupted through capitalism and through slavery, and 
ends up getting rich on the backs of others. And it Mm -hmm. always represents the dark side in Star Wars, this sort of consumption. And then we have a third version, which transforms the mine symbolism into a collective, which aligns with the mine symbolism that we get in Bespin. Oh, Bespin. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about Bespin. So it's in a long how time do as a mine, turn, you know? How do you turn yeah. something from sort of a dark-sided path into mm-hmm. a more cooperative and compassionate version? This is so cool. Yeah, I'm loving it. Is it. So cool. it is so cool. It is so cool. <laughs> Bad Batch, you don't need to go this hard to make us this happy, but we're glad that you do. <laughs> When I watched yeah. this episode, I was like, these episodes, I literally was like, are they, are they reading my notes? Like, <laughs> like am I in their I brains? Would, I no. would check my house for hidden cameras at this point <laughs> if I were you. It's a little weird, but I mean, I, <laughs> I am writing more and more on Star Wars symbolism and I have an entire like like chapter written on minds and it covers all of these aspects. Isn't that fascinating that like even the idea that a mind could be a cooperative situation it already has existed in Star Wars in the form of Cloud City and and Bespin. Yeah, I'm dumb. I didn't make that connection at all. Like I I was I was really it was really cool that that it transformed in that way like you said and that I was like, "Oh, this is this is so interesting." Like they're not going to disperse. They're not going to, he's not going to leave with them. They're going to mm-hmm. stay and try to take care of themselves. And yeah, totally best one. Yeah, it's steep. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. We have the sort of key to the darkness, the 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 glowing light within the darkness being uh, Ibsen. Um, what did you think of this? Oh my God. That this... Of the two, I really liked both of them. But episode nine, The Crossing, pushed all my buttons because it was, as you said, it's it's a metaphor for, you know, how every, it, it's explosive and you have to be very careful extracting it, but it's very valuable. And we, we see the, you know, like how the Bad Batch, they are getting on each other's last nerve at this point. Yeah. And especially, <laughs> um, especially, yeah, all of them. And um, especially Omega is just like, what is wrong with you guys? Why are you not a, you know, they're just like, they're picking on each other. Echo and Wrecker are just picking on each other. Hunter's like, this isn't helping, you know. So it's a it's a perfect little metaphor for that. It's also a beautiful metaphor for um, you know, like you always you always comment that if you're going into a cave, you're going into your inner self. Yep. You're they're doing some inner work in yeah. this episode. And the I was actually really, really fascinated that the it's like when they when you first see the, the Ipsium in the in the rock, it's this beautiful glowing blue color. But the actual ipsium inside is yellow, so it makes it look green. It's transforming colors as the story is going along, as tech is kind of getting it more. Omega is understanding tech more. Tech is understanding Omega. I I don't even... This is a great episode. 10 out of 10, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) So the only thing I'll say at this point is that... Yes, Ipsum is the elixir. It is the the holy grail, right? 
it is the thing mm. that you go on your journey for in this episode, right? And right. when you find it, you are always given incredible power. And it's very dangerous mm. until you can understand it. Yeah. It's you know? going to cause and, trouble until you can understand it. Yeah. So it's really, really amazing that they did it so literally. Uh, subtext yeah, is for right. the week. <laughs> You know, it's it's really great. And and, you know, I love it when symbolism has a textual component to it because it's easier for me to go. This is this. This is. Yeah, this, they're, it, right? we're not just crazy. It's actually that's yeah. actually what they meant. And the fact that this thing, this stuff is called ipsium and ipsum in Latin means self. Mm -hmm. Like, OK, yeah. <laughs> we, you go we, into the self, see what you're to get yeah. the true self, <laughs> right, to get the piece of yourself yeah. back. And that and that ties into why we go into caves. Why are there so many caves? They literally go into caves like three times in the course of these episodes. They, yeah, they're in caves all the time. It, and it's it's to experience a transformational event and to reintegrate and to experience a rebirth through the other side. Because yeah. as Clarissa Picola Estes simplifies the journey that we go into when we need to transform, it's a life-death life cycle. So we go in, we die, right? And we right. are reborn to into life. And just in case, and just in case we might have been too dense not to get that, they just literally put the water in the cave just like to, to oh, reiterate. Oh, I know. We'll get there. Oh, we'll oh, get oh, there. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. some water in case you missed it. In case, Yeah, it's all there. <laughs> it's all there. The symbolism is all there. Yeah. The other thing that I noticed was that... We experience a micro version of transformation in episode nine, and then that helps them with the macro transformation in episode 10, which is so very Star Wars to say, first, you're on an individualist journey, and then you need to bring the elixir <laughs> back to the community. Who the people? Take it to the people. You have to take it to the community. And who the community was was sort of accidental because of the stealing of the home. Mm -hmm. But it was still important that they brought this concept of collectivism to the community. Oh, yep. It's it's great. It's what? great. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry if you're sleeping on this show, anybody out there, you're just wrong. You're wrong. You're doing it wrong. You need to watch it. It's I was freaking so out. Yeah, I was freaking out the entire time I was watching these episodes. I I feel weird. Like, <laughs> no, you and I, yeah, like Molly gets, you get it. I freak out. I'm like, I actually turned to my husband at one point and I said, I'm insane. And he's like, you're fine. I'm like, yeah, but... <laughs> I'm glad you have people there to be like, no, no, you're not. Especially in this case where they're pretty much making sure you get it. You know, there's all this, the this for all sure the, you're not insane. All the road signs are up for, hey, Marie Claire, pay attention to this one. It's right. exactly what we talk about. Exactly. All right. Let's get into the crossing. Yay. Which symbolically uh, stands for a threshold. <laughs> a a liminal space that you enter to transform. Yeah, because it's a weird title. 
otherwise like otherwise what, what are you talking what crossing what like crossing? I, the whole time i'm like what are they unless you're thinking complete like you just said symbolically i'm not really sure why they named it this there is <laughs> sort know. of a theme of that that is played up by the beautiful kiner music oh being yeah a we gotta talk about that yeah that was crazy i don't know if you're watching the last of us or not on hbo um, but I mean, I, t- it- I turned on this show and I was like, wait, am I what? No, this is Bad Batch for sure. This is an animated Star Wars show. <laughs> but it sounded so much like Last of Us music, which is definitely, definitely Western type music. But but they did give us that poster last celebration. The Bad Batch poster was very, very, you know, Western, Western. style. Yeah. And I've kind of been waiting to see what exactly that was pointing to. I guess. Um, so I'm. I'm. Guess, I mean, we were in space, Utah. Clearly. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it, it reminded <laughs> me. Like it. it reminded me so much of the Searchers, which is it was a huge in- oh, inspiration yeah, yeah, yeah. for right, George right. Lucas. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been trying to like suss out, like, what are they trying to say by presenting it? And and one of the shots, like when they're about to be uh, sort of run over by all the antelope or the oh yeah you know the 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 lion li- king the lion king <laughs> yeah. situation yeah um it it totally reminded that those like caves like of like of utah reminded me of that episode of uh, the mandalorian when he has the child and he's trying to take the child back to the ship mm-hmm. yeah and he ends up like, like that too didn't it I was yeah, like, that's so interesting because traditionally yeah, this- Westerns tie into the American monomyth where the lone stranger or the person that must commit murder mm-hmm. comes from nowhere or comes from the community, rises up, commits violence and then goes off into the sunset. But this is presented as the antithesis to that, mm-hmm. both of these episodes. And, but it also ties into the, I got the deed to a lost mind trope. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, which is yeah. the lost mind folklore. Like, I have a I have a lost mind. It's, it's the key to getting me rich, right? That get right. rich quick setup. But the entire first episode is not about that, even though that's the setup, right? That's what right. gets you. And that's that's quite common in that folklore. You find something in the darkness that you never knew you needed or mm-hmm. you needed to resolve, right? So they end up going to try to find this volatile material that Sid wants the clones to get. Um they're kind of off balance without echo hey yeah yeah they're they're getting feisty with each other for sure for sure for sure because they have they're missing their even though omega is like their emotional compass you you i'm sure said this before tech or not tech echo is their uh like their moral compass yeah so it's interesting though that he's not there and this is a mind story like you were saying and it is Sid telling them to go mine this stuff for me, you know, for mm-hmm. for, for capitalism purposes. <laughs> Quick but and they easy, get, right? But what they, but again, what they learn and what they get from it is not they. Again, they don't get what they're there for. One more time, like this is happening constantly over and over. Them. They learn, you know, it's it's inner it's inner growth. It's how to get along better. It's it's understanding each other better. 
instead. So even though even though um, Echo's not there, uh, they're finding like a new way to communicate with each other, which is really what that's the goods, not the Ipsium in the end. So yeah, exactly. It works out. It works out. Yep. And unbeknownst to them, there is a masked figure that has is snuck up, right? Yeah. This is like the equivalent of like stealing their horses, which I love, <laughs> like from a Western <laughs> yeah, perspective. It totally is. And, well, you know, they find that the the mine itself has been depleted. Wah, wah. At least the first one. <laughs> the first one. Yeah, yeah. The one Sid actually sends them to. Exactly. And they go deeper into the mine. They find uh, a faint reading, but it's too difficult to reach. And so they invite Omega to come in. What did you think of this? <laughs> um, well, I was, I was, you know, like, why are they, why are they leaving Wrecker and her outside when, when honestly, they're the two that would be the most helpful inside the mine. <laughs> But, but you know, we had to we had to get the story going a little bit and 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 bring her in. But she was just kind of over it. She's really over them at this point. They yeah. don't understand her right now. And yeah, she's just. I, I liked her. I liked her snarky attitude. To be honest, I like yeah. to see her not be so perfect all the time and so sweet and kind. Because honestly, they deserved a little snark, in my opinion. Opinion. They're, they weren't really um, being very sensitive to her feeling. Hunter was because he always is. But um, I guess tech is the one that really needed to learn to communicate with her better. But you know what I mean? I, I, I enjoyed seeing her be a little, yeah, I'm over you guys for the moment. <laughs> yeah. And like, what did you think? I, I absolutely loved that she was trying to like really see if she was on the same page as them and Hunter and Wrecker mm -hmm. maybe couldn't understand where she came from, but listened compassionately. Yeah, they, they at least were like, I may not get it totally, but I respect that you're upset. Whereas tech was like, literally what's your damage, Heather? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, said, he said, so like, what's your problem or what's your issue? What's your issue? He said, what's it's your, your issue? issue. <laughs> and, and I like, literally said out loud, what's your damage? Other. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. And I think funny. this is just absolutely important because they haven't been allowed to be sad about the loss of a brother ever. Mm, that's true. It's the contrast, right? And they're not allowed to express that emotion. And that ties very much to the, you know, the theme of breaking out of the patriarchy that we mm -hmm. see with the clones, right? That they're not allowed yeah. to be sad because they have been born and bred to be killed. Right. He, I text says later, I think even that's this is what soldiers do yeah and omega's like but we're not just soldiers like hello yeah first of all she's not at all she never was that's not what she was made for anyway yeah so yeah that was really that's another reason i love this episode of all the Absolutely. emotional work everybody's doing on themselves it's so great it's so great um and so omega is able to retrieve the ipsum yeah the self <laughs> <laughs> the, the initial the initial makes event. me laugh and they, they contain it in this like you know very large container to keep it safe which is really interesting and mm -hmm. so they 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 leave the mine and they realize that the marauder has been stolen and how did they dun, dun, not dun. notice 
How did Wrecker not notice? It's out of sight. Well, you par- parked it over there. Well, I can't see through rocks. Sorry. <laughs> I identify with Wrecker so much. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't I see so much. These two episodes, he is, <laughs> he is he is so good in these two episodes. Just he is my uh, animus, I guess, because he's just like wa- hungry, hot, tired, over it, scared of heights, doesn't want to jump. <laughs> like this is me, a hundred percent in every situation outside. So I loved it. That was so funny. And this is where like Hunter gets into a conflict with Wrecker. Um, we've already had Tech in a conflict with Omega. Right. Uh, Tech also gets into a wrecker. So they're like all like bickering at each other already because one thing has gone horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They start to. Oh, oh, sorry. Quick question. Did you, when I, when they first showed who we later find out is Benny, I was like, is that like Hondo? Oh, because of how he looked. (laughs) Yeah. I think they were teasing us. I think they wanted us to think it was either Hondo or maybe one of somebody that he's is on his team or something. Yeah, like one of the Florum pirates, sort of. I think they were nudging, winking at us, thinking, hey, you're going to think it's Hondo, and it's not. I didn't think it was Hondo. (laughs) I I wish it was Hondo. I love Hondo so much. But it did look like his helmet or like a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so they start to like go, um, you know, back and they're like, okay, we'll head towards the settlement. We'll walk 40 kilometers or something like that. Like it's a long distance. Yeah. It's going to be a long distance. And this is very much like even though they were in the underworld before, they had gone through a threshold. They're like on a road of trials, literally. This is like a little micro hero's journey. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. It is. And yep. It, they're faced with a herd of animals that again this lion king moment that comes through sort of the the crevices of this i guess former place where water used to flow yeah kind and of like, that. like they tell they they jump up basically to escape the animals and tell wrecker to sacrifice his body basically <laughs> to know. protect this yeah. ipsum I have no good things to say. It was hard. (laughs) I was like, oh, poor Wrecker. He's always... He reminds me of, like, Louisa from... Oh, yeah. Yeah. From um, Encanto. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm the strong one. (laughs) But he's actually, like, really, really sensitive on the inside and doesn't like to be yelled at. Yeah. Doesn't like heights. He needs to eat. It's hot. He doesn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) And they end up being chased by the storm so it's like it's like if it's not animals it's the <laughs> right. storm right and then yeah this this storm is fascinating to me by the way because it's it sort of chases first, them yeah first he's like yeah. oh it's not coming our way and then it literally comes out blows them. up their ipsium and pushes them into this cave where they have all their like self-discoveries and communication i I believe good communication classify as supernatural (laughs) intervention yeah yeah it it was very it was very deus ex machina that they had no choice but to be in the underworld in the darkness in a period of transformation Mm -hmm. i'm trying not to clink my tea thing on the table (laughs) (laughs) that's okay loud noises and so um they're back into the cave and they're looking around and yeah, 
Omega loses her crap on, like, just <laughs> cannot handle being kind right. of disrespected by tech. And, you know, they've talked a lot, a lot of people have talked about online and how tech is sort of uh, autistic spe- spectrum coded. And Very much. Just just neurodivergence. Just neurodivergence. In, in, in general, which I love. I love that character. I love him for that yeah. reason. He, he, and he basically kind of confirms that in this episode. Absolutely. That's what he's and like. That's what he's about. Sometimes it's like it's very hard to recognize that people who don't always react in the same way externally still have this, you know, emotions and powerful emotions on the inside. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really cool that they wrote that in to have him have that explanation of, okay, I'm not a robot. I might be funny in my sometimes robotic way yeah but i'm not a robot i'm a human and just because i don't react the same way you do does not mean that i don't have i'm not a human basically that was great oh my gosh i loved it it. so good especially since omega is the one that is such the empath and just really emotionally connects with everybody and you know it's it's a little difficult to connect with tech for anybody to connect with them like even wreckers having a problem and they've been friends as long as they've been alive so um for them for him to come out and say that to her Mm -hmm. was such a huge moment in the show i feel like yeah and i think it was really valuable as well to give them the space to explore it as a dynamic between tech and omega omega primarily being the eyes of the audience in the show Mm -hmm. Um, and i thought it was really well done i thought all of the lead up where he seems so insensitive and then it's explained later on from his perspective and there's the space to give that time was really really important um they get trapped in of course because of the vial of ipsum and as omega goes and explores the caves uh, she sees this like glowing light that sort of guides her path. And this is fundamentally the representation of seeking joy or following your bliss from a Joseph Campbellian mm. perspective. You are guided by something that you is almost like mysterious to you. Yeah. That happens to her nearly in every episode. Yeah. Almost every episode. Omega just either just wanders off and, and finds the key to whatever they're looking for or she senses something or she hears something or she glimpses something and she's the one and I she's the one that follows it up and finds whatever but I wrote down on my notes literally of course the empath- empathic magical child finds the magical cave of raw emotion deep inside that leads to their escape route while the bachelors think moving all the heavy rocks is their way out <laughs> exactly and this is <laughs> This is the idea that children especially are more in tuned with just following their joy and finding their path, mm-hmm. right? Without uh, society telling them that they have to do it a particular way. And it's also why George Lucas's opinion of children of the force is that children are naturally gifted in finding the force. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I was listening, I think it was your last episode with Molly and you guys touched on her being force sensitive omegas possibly being force sensitive and let i just need to let you know i've been on that train since the first episode when she had a third eye in the middle of her friggin' forehead for no good reason other than to just be like <laughs> i'm special hey look at me i have a i have a third eye everybody yeah <laughs> which could 
which could also just mean a lot of other things. But until they look me and until Jennifer Corbett grabs me by the lapels and yells into my face, she's not force sensitive, Michelle, please let it go. I'm going to believe that she is because I feel like that would be amazing. (laughs) I'm not going to be mad if she's not. I'm not going to be mad because it also can mean just she is special in these other ways that we talk about all the time. You know, she's, I she's there, 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 this is true. This is true. But how cool, I know you already talked about this, but this is like my jam. <laughs> how cool would it be if she <laughs> is and her twin brother, Boba Fett, yeah. was brought up to be such a, such a, like brought up by a bounty hunter to be, to do like dark sidey things. Mm-hmm. But now he's learned as an adult, the same kind of stuff she's all, she already has known her heart. Like, oh, come on, come on. It's so tasty. I love (laughs) in Book of Boba Fett how he literally goes into the back to tank, like the water of the womb to heal and to like go through all of his past. Like that was so good. The first three episodes of Book of Boba Fett just absolutely slap. They're great. Yep. I need to rewatch that show, actually. It was nothing but joy for me. So that is something I should rewatch. But I'm just, I'm just saying, I will, I will, I will sing from the mountaintops if, if she is, but I feel like it's going on a bit long at this point for them not to maybe mention it. Hmm. (laughs) That's the plan. I don't know. I mean, they've never really said how many seasons of the show we're getting, right? No, they never really said. I don't think so. So, you know, maybe we're getting eight seasons like the Clone Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's plenty of time to reveal. I don't know. I just, I got very excited when I heard you guys talking about that last time because I'm like, yay. Let's go. This is my agenda. My Omega is force sensitive agenda. So we get uh, Omega crawling through this tiny hole, you know, able to find the hidden treasure Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. is the most powerful, right? It is extra special. Tech ends up, you know, coming after her and she's like, oh, you don't trust me. And he's like, I'm fully aware you are capable enough to handle yourself. This is such a big leap. Like for, this is a growth. They've all grown. They trusted her to like do a whole bunch of stuff these two episodes on her own. (laughs) Now this was super sketchy, dangerous. And they were like, but they're like, be careful, be careful. Oh, she's like, I know, maybe you shouldn't bother me while I'm trying to extract a very explosive ingredient from this wall. <laughs> and, you know, so he ends up like letting her get more, right? Which is really mm-hmm. great. And then she falls and slips as she's trying to get the last little bit. It's always that last little bit, right? Right, right. Last little bit. And he goes after her into the darkness. <gasps> Oh my god! So good. Uh, I was so like, oh, he went after her. He did not hesitate. He just jumped right in. He had no idea what was going to happen. That's okay. It's my girl. I'm going after. And this is where like falling into the darkness and falling into water is really significant because it is actually Mm -hmm. your lowest point and represents going back into the into the womb uh, Mm -hmm. as a human psychologically to be reborn. The character itself is reborn. And they have this glorious conversation on the shore as they're waiting for Wrecker and Hunter to find them. And she's like, like, don't you care about these things? You know, and Tech says, I'm aware that Echo left, but we have to adapt. It's what soldiers do. And to your point before, she says, but we're more than that. We're family. 
And this is where, like, the show is being quite explicit with the idea that being a family, being interconnected, because it's not just them, and it won't just be the Bad Batch. It's going to be all clones, mm-hmm. right? We already see that by how Echo has acted, how Rex has acted. And, you know, I love that he brings up, like, but, you know, clones leave. Echo and Crosshair, they left us, right? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you deal with that? <laughs> oh, you have to, like, push it down. Even though he doesn't say that, like you can't, you can't react. You still have to deal. And he comments how just because I process things differently doesn't mean I don't feel things. So there's a lot of things saying not just the neurodivergent connection, but it's also saying as clones, because we see this with Hunter and Wrecker too, they're not allowed to be sad that Echo left. They're not allowed to be sad that Crosshair left them. They're not Mm -hmm. allowed to be sad that they lose clones that they are like, right? You're not allowed to feel grief as a man. That's what the story is saying. And Mm -hmm. Omega is saying, you're wrong. You need to feel sad. It's right to feel sad, which is so oppositional from the prequels. Right. Oh, totally. And just, you know, it's, it's, it's obvious, like, from the story that, again, they were made specifically for war. She was not. Mm-hmm. And she's their missing. She's Anima. their missing. Yeah, she's their she's their the one thing that's going to like Echo's already there because he had such an awful, horrendous, horrific experience at the hands of the Empire. Mm-hmm. So he's already there. And Rex is there. But um, I don't want to jump ahead to the next episode. But there's another little conversation at the end of that episode that just so of reiterates that um even though they're not making the same choice that echo made it doesn't mean they're not helping people but anyway back to this one um i forget what i was even saying (laughs) well this is sort of like the moral of the story and more and more right oh right 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 that she's 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 the impetus for them to all come to this realization yeah and she very much represents the the elixir of the clones, right? Because she, oh, yeah, she was the so first that was made, but the last that was found, which is so cool. Or the second that was made, because Alpha was first, but she was the last, last that was made. She's older than them, but the last like true batched clone that was made, right, like, right, unique clone, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's great, and so they end up being birthed out of the cave through this tiny. <laughs> <laughs> through an explosion literally birthed out of the cave and they find uh an abandoned town which they are able to communicate with sid and sid almost functions like um a journey home threshold guardian she's like i can't do it right now too busy yeah. uh. can't help you you've got more to do sorry and- bye and this this ties to the idea that, hey, you just learned something in the microcosm of the underworld, of the catabasis, of being in that mind, of that mm-hmm. refining and being reborn as, you know, essentially this was all for tech to say it's okay to express the fact that you are sad and to also allow yourself to feel that more fully and not just adapt and suppress Mm -hmm. and And to recognize that 
even though he's saying, you know, just because I'm not wearing my emotions on my sleeve, don't assume that I don't feel anything. He's also understanding her in mm-hmm. the same way that just because she does express so much emotion doesn't mean that that's doesn't make her capable small. Yeah. Or yeah. make her incapable in some way yeah. or, or overly emotional. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, so it's so it's good. good. It's so good. And essentially it's saying like, there's there's more to do even when you've healed right even when tech has learned something even when omega's learned something about tech they both learn things and they've come together as a group to be reborn again through the darkness and they have like this power within them now they there's still more that you can do and that's going to be like the ongoing theme of Bad Batch, which is always as the clones and the Bad Batch heal and free themselves, they also have to heal and free the community. They have and to the, bring the elixir to the community. In that vein, the way that this episode really, like the very last few seconds of this episode, the way it ends with the storm, like Hunter looking off into the distance and there's that storm again, and then it cuts to black and you still hear the storm sounds. That's Mm -hmm. yeah, it's got to you you need to take you need to take it to the people now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's not a a storm's a coming. I've been I've been thinking a lot about um, there was a a Buddhist monk who was talking about how we all suffer and how this that's that's how we recognize the humanity in others and that we need to have compassion for others because we recognize we all suffer. Mm -hmm. And he said, sometimes the best you can do is heal yourself, is focus on yourself and reduce your own suffering and heal your wounds. And if you can, after you've done that, help others. Because by reducing your suffering, by healing your wounds, you will not cause wounds on others. You won't Mm -hmm. cause others to suffer and you will be reducing the suffering around others. And if you can help others during once you've done that, you're doing more. Nice. Buddhism. Thumbs up. (laughs) Buddhism and Star Wars. One of my favorite. They, you know, I love I love when they pull from from Buddhism. They they tie they tie together quite well. Um, And especially in this story, because it's all about millions of identical people. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So good. Let's move on to retrieval. Let's. And meet Benny. Episode 10. And I ship it. I'm just saying it. I oh ship it. Oh my God. Same. <laughs> I was like, I, there's a come part. On, flirt. Come on. You know you want to flirt. Flirt. Let's flirt. <laughs> there's, there's a part in this episode when something happens and I'm like, oh, that's significant symbolically. <laughs> so cool. We're on the same page, Michelle. Great. <laughs> well, I mean, anytime there's cute, cute shipping possibility, I'm not. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ship it. It's just the way I am. Colin is always like, Ugh. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been shipping things since I was five years old. I can't stop now. It's like just the way I shipping am. muscles way are flexing. <laughs> That's true. Exactly. Plus, like you know, she's what thirteen ish. Yeah. 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 He's cute. Sorry. He is cute. <laughs> Benny's a cutie. He's very, he reminded me so much of Ezra too. And like as um, Rebels first started um, with the hair, he's got the hair. Like even though he's starving and not drinking water, he's still got amazing hair. Look at that. He's cute. He's going to look even better now that he's, you know, running his own mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a collective. (laughs) Okay. But so Omega figures out, hey, you know, I don't want to leave here without the Marauder 
I know you guys have like moved on emotionally, but it's our home. <laughs> but Gonky also. But but right. also Gonky and we can probably track him. And they were like, oh, okay, that's probably not going to work. And she figures it out, which is so cool. And Tech praises her for it, which was so cute. Oh, no. After they after they just had their, their little emotional communication revelation, he's like, hey, good job. That's a very good idea. And we get introduced to Benny. And a uh, shout out to Rothgar Canuck, who pointed out that Benny is, I, I think, a pull from the West End Games Star Wars RPG from 1995. Uh, there's a character, like an NPC, that you can like throw into Platt's uh, spaceport guide from there. And he's just a youngish man who putters around with his repulsor cart constantly <laughs> floating. Uh, he assails passengers trying to carry too much baggers baggage and offers his services as a porter for a few credits. But he literally has like all of the streetwise pickpocketing perception skills of a thief, which is his like thing, right? Um, and, and the picture the might picture- as well be this artist, you know, this version of Benny too. Yeah. They look so similar. They look so similar. So, I mean, if they pulled another character from West End Games, I'm so happy. <laughs> it's it's like my favorite thing is to see when they actually pull from the RPG because like that was one of the things that I played as a kid. And yeah, it's so good. So we get the setup of this mining town, basically, um, where there's the mines underneath, which is deeply symbolic <laughs> mm-hmm. and sort of the the uh, town on top that is run by Mako, the boss of the town and i was struck want to know why i was struck why were you struck i was struck too but maybe not for the same reason so this town was uh managed by the techno union Mm -hmm. before they you know the end of the of the war and mako took over and mako sounds like echo it's a near rhyme and he is literally, he has a robotic arm the same oh, as Oh, yeah, I see where you're going. Cool, cool. Right? And I was, I've been like, it's been bugging me all day. I'm like, why? Why do this? Why? <laughs> and it's, it's because anyone can be pulled in the darkness, into the darkness, and be made to cause suffering to others. And if Echo hadn't been freed by the Bad Batch, he would have been a slave master for the techno union like Mako. Mm, Cool. Yeah. Because he would have been trapped in there and causing pain to others. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Plus, it's the episode before was all about out missing echo missing echo and we can't reach echo like they she even wanted to try to contact him to get help to get off the planet and they're like oh he's not going to answer you he's he's mm-hmm. busy <laughs> he's busy on some secret mission and that's kind of when she started to get really upset when they said that very nonchalantly but yeah that's definitely didn't think about that that's cool cool I have no idea if it was purposeful or it just happened to pull, but he's got a robotic arm the same as Echo's. What's <laughs> happening? Um, uh, do you want to hear what my like? Oh, yeah, of course. About him was yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mako literally means shark. Yeah. In and I wasn't sure in what language, and I looked it up, and it's Maori for shark. Oh, interesting. Which, which is you know like 
supposed to be like the you know like where like Boba Fett and like that right Tem Tem is Maori yeah so it's like uh so you know in a in a parallel universe all the clones are are Maori even though they don't they're space Maori in the story but they're they're really in the parallel universe they would know that his name means shark and he's no good he's no good no I think they could have told that right away. <laughs> Probably. But um my I I definitely did not make the echo connection, which is very cool. Um I did however think like oh he's got he's got like a some sort of computer part on his back and the robot arm and yeah, he has you know, a head implant, a back yeah, implant, head implant and the arm. Yeah. Which is definitely yeah, that's that's very echo like. Um and that and the techno union connection too is cool Mm -hmm. um but more my my thinking was way more on the surface of just like okay well you are you have sacrificed your humanity obviously Mm -hmm. and um you're literally enslaving children so you're not good and he jumping way ahead loses his life because he his little robot arm just pops off at a bad time (laughs) yeah bye-bye you've you've become a monster and now you're just going to fall to your death into the hell pit that you've created sorry you lose exactly (laughs) and he sort of runs like the industrialized version of the sort of prospector's mind that we saw previously which Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. now it, it turns into that mind symbolism that we're more familiar with in star wars where people are being abused and used and pulled into the darkness um in the pursuit of more and more greed and consumption and um, desire for control. And so we find out over the course of the episode that Mako runs the mine and starves and doesn't allow thirst to be quenched for the children that operate in the mine, right? Um and this is uh, a big metaphor of how easily, you know, kids get trapped into these sorts of situations and mm-hmm. also how metaphorically they're always hungry and thirsty for something that they can't quite grasp. This is a, a big symbol that is used throughout Star Wars, like um, Kylo Ren in the Last Jedi novelization is always hungry. There's like mm, a hunger. Oh, yeah. There's a yeah. hunger to the dark side because you're never satisfied because it's consuming you as part of this. And so you don't have enough to feed yourself to you don't have enough water to quench your own thirst because it is consuming more than you have. There's a lot of mention of rationing food mm-hmm. in both. The, I think it's in the other episode, too. They start talking about that in and Wrecker saying how hungry he is. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was a, there. That was definitely a theme of these two episodes, both of them. And mythically, this was a thing. it ties to that you really cannot eat in the underworld. Mm, true. Because you're dead. True. Yeah. Like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of that. How Part, awful Part, that is. <laughs> yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. You think of uh, Persephone and how you're warned to not eat things in the underworld because you will have to stay. Oh. Well, <laughs> I mean, if, if we needed to know how bad of a guy this guy is, like, starving children to me enforcing them and trick and lying to, to them to, to trick get more them money into to get I more mean, money and it's a big 
metaphor for capitalism. Sure. Right? Sure. Like literally in the news, we just found out that meatpacking plants were employing like 10-year-olds against mm. industry standards to like wow. do work. And, and you know, Benny happens to have a giant equal sign tattooed on his voice box, basically across his throat, mm-hmm. which was super symbolic as well. Like, yeah, equality. And, and, you know, that's that's basically the symbol for the human rights campaign. Yep. That equal sign. So that yep. was cool. Yep. yep. You're right. It's very They're not cool. being subtle. <laughs> no, no. Subtext. What's that? No, it's all in there. And Benny's confused that, mm, you know, yes. the, the, the clones showing up. And that they would care about the gonk droid. Right. Which he was going to strip for parts, just like Mako was stripping the Marauder for parts. So he's trying really hard to idolize this guy. He says his name probably 80 million times in this episode. Like, Mako, Mako this, Mako that. Like, he's his idol. I'm going to be big and I'm going to get to the top of that list. Yeah. And then I'm going to get my meager amount of food. (laughs) And it doesn't it doesn't really take a lot because obviously he's he's a good person Mm -hmm. deep down. And this is all the real only reason he's acting like this is because he has to. He's an enslaved child. What are you going to do? And he even says, I can't leave. What are you talking about? Um, But it doesn't take much from Omega to get him to be like, oh, yeah, I'm not that person. Not at all. And in so many ways, it reminds us that we can't blame people that are in desperate situations, starving, thirsty, Mm -hmm. hungry, not being taken care of for being bad and allowing themselves to exist under a system with no opportunity to change. Mm -hmm. Like we we really can't blame people who are institutionalized into horrible situations. Right. That's right, hard. Even, even, even the kid that you would think, I forget what his like Draco. little rival Draco is. It Draco? Is, that's his name. And really? he's got flames on his neck. It's <laughs> I dope. Didn't realize it's I Draco. died. I was like, yes, Draco. Um, even, and, you know, in a, in a story, you would typically root against him because he's the one keeping, keeping Benny down. But, um, you know, he believes Benny in the end. And he's like, hey, yeah. Because at first when he asked him to see the little printout of the whatever, you know, whatever evidence that Omega had found that um, Mako was lying, I thought he was going to like grab it and throw it over the side just because, you know, that's kind of how we're trained to be like, oh, well, he's the he's Benny's antagonist. So we don't want to like him. But it was great when he was like, no, I believe you, Benny. We're brothers. We're both in in this horrible situation trying to do our best. And so, um, yeah, I thought that was cool that. He didn't actually, he wasn't a jerk either. (laughs) He was just trying to live. There is a a game mechanic in an RPG called Savage Worlds, which is um, sort of a, it's called a Benny. It's literally called a Benny. And it allows you to basically say you've done something good. And so you kind of get a benefit, right? So, oh, okay. I get it. I think that might be where his name is coming from a little bit as well. Um, But the kindness that Omega offers him, the food that Omega offers him, the protection and like keeping him safe in and amongst this. First, they're like, he, they threaten him. 
to help. But it's Omega that's like kind to him and shows mm-hmm. him all of these things. And it, Benny's like, well, you know, I can go and do the shield thing. And they're like, oh. And Omega's like, well, I guess you could bring this one because, you know, she'll fit in. <laughs> right, right. You can't bring Wrecker. That's not going to work. No, Sorry. you guys will stand out. You fix the ship. <laughs> and we get a costume change for Omega and I died. <laughs> It is it the gift of clothing is super significant. Oh, okay. So I'm not so crazy. It's, it's like a spiritual marriage. And she drops her weapon for him too. Yes. First she threatens him with her weapon and turns him all glowy pink with her pretty pink <laughs> her pretty pink bow. But yeah. And she's like, okay, I, I guess I gotta leave my weapon here if I'm gonna sneak sneak off with you. <laughs> yeah. The gift of clothing is really significant. And they they start to, you know, go through their things and she experiences his life. So she's able to actually so she, like in a way, they're kind of like spiritually wed in this because she lives his life like she goes into his life right right and he sees what it's like for her too with how much how kind her family is to her exactly it's like you've lived in each other's worlds right and he and he does say i owe you one if you ever need a thief we're not we're gonna see benny again we're gonna see benny again there's no way we're not yeah um and Yeah. So like he really wants to be part of this inner circle, which represents this like thing that seems so unattainable. And it all requires like the agreement from Mako that you've done enough. You've done Mm -hmm. enough. Right. And the thing about the dark side and this consumptive nature of greed is that there is never enough. None of them could ever satisfy the greed that Mako had. Right. That's so hard. Yeah. And even even though Draco thinks he's like top dog, like what one. does he get for his trouble? He gets a, his own bowl of gross soup brown bowl to drink like good and, for you and we get the comparison like the <laughs> audience gets the comparison of how well mako is eating and how fat right. yeah. mako is from always eating all the food and all of that right yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a very um uh on the nose i i wish they hadn't made him that anyways <laughs> you wish they the had nose. made mako so on the nose yeah, but I mean, they tend to do that, right? It's just yeah because it they only have so much time to work with. They use tropes really hard, right? Right. I mean, I I, I allow it. I'll allow it just because the show is so good. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> kids sometimes kids you know kids don't quite pick up what they're putting down unless they make him as unattractive as possible. <laughs> You know, he's got he's got devil ears. He's got scales on his face. He's got machine parts. But yeah, I see what you're saying. It gets to the point where it's like not all evil people are look like that, you know? Yeah. Maybe every once in a while, can we have a really attractive, beautiful, (laughs) evil evil person? person. Yeah. 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 And like, it's also saying... So, Mako, sorry, or, de- that not to say Dead Ramiro is not stunning because she is. Yeah. By the way, she's coming to celebration. Did you see that announcement? I did. Yeah, along with Warwick Davis and Annabelle Davis. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Yeah, we're gonna we're not yeah. gonna know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> um, so Benny 
uh, up in the control room, Omega's working and he kind of just bumps the button. He has a second second thought of like, oh, no, I better protect myself. Right. Call call the boss. And Omega gives him food, gives him the ration, just so significant. And then mm-hmm. Mako shows up and starts to lead Omega out of there. And it all kind of comes to a, to a head on this bridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, but there were at least four references to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom in this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, which, totally. Oh, my gosh. It was just like, and I was watching this with my daughter, who's, um, you know, seen that that movie she's a casual bad batch fan i wouldn't say she's addicted as me and colin but um she kept looking up and going why is this temple of doom like it wasn't it was so not (laughs) subtle that she was even like noticing how how many temple of doom things were in this one this one and then the other episode with the like giant uh kaiju um yeah yeah yeah, that episode, lots of Indiana Jones references. Mm-hmm. Tons, tons. I'm just wondering if it's because they knew Indiana Jones was going to be released this year. <laughs> uh, it's like absolutely, probably. Subtle, subtle in-universe advertising. Company synergy. Let's go. Why not? Boy, I mean, you know, just homage to the movie that's coming out this year. Right. I like that. That's Star Wars-y. It's cute. It's, it's cute. cute. It's not over, over the top. You could definitely be like, ah, I didn't see those things. Yeah. Um, and so it ends up like coming to the attention of Mako or of Benny and Draco as well that the Ipsum is actually of a higher quality than a lower quality, which is what Mako is using to say you have to mine more because right. it's of lesser quality. And so, okay, this this is really key. So for Mako. It's lesser quality because he constantly needs more because he's always, always greedy. But when it's used by the collective, it's of higher quality because together they can make more of less. Nice. It's like the stone soup metaphor. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Together, we have more together Mm -hmm. rather than one person hoarding it all and they feel like they constantly need more and more and more. So even though it's used as a lie... In this, it's also used as that metaphor that together we have more as a group. It's incredibly anti-capitalistic and incredibly socialist, this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But basically, it's um, so many so many similar themes to Andor in the prison, mm-hmm. uh, Narkina 5 arc. Uh, Very Solo, similar. The droid rebellion in Solo. Dr- right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. They keep saying they they keep yeah they keep saying the same thing over and over and over, (laughs) and maybe we'll hear it someday. Essentially through oh yeah go ahead sorry so I was gonna say um equal time no problem shipping Benny and Draco either so yeah fair yeah they're cute they're but they're all cute little it's I did notice it was all it was all guys or male presenting um yeah teens to children to teens in that and um uh, you know parallel to the clones maybe sort of kind of rebellion you know the clone rebellion that we probably are going to get someday soon and foreshadowing of that maybe probably oh oh yeah um sorry was that out of left field no 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 no, no. it was great (laughs) i didn't get your brain off track (laughs) no not at all um so essentially mako says 10 years in the mine should do it and then like you know 
sends Omega to hard labor in the mines. Uh, but um, instead, there's kind of like a big switcheroo where Omega is able to like escape with uh, Hunter helping her with a grappling hook. Oh, um, oh the biggest Hunter stand moment. Oh, yeah. Of all time, if I dare say so. I'm not one of these hardcore hunter stands, but there are lots of them. And I guarantee you that ridiculous dad moment of and her trusting him enough to literally just fling herself off of a catwalk. <laughs> sure, dad. Catch me, but dad. No, but no, my dad's not going to let me fall into the fire pits of hell there's no way he's gonna catch me with his grappling hook perfect and like so good through sort of like just being shot at mako ends up falling and benny tries Tries to to help help him him, offers him a hand and (sighs) the robot hand basically fails him and so this was it was striking to me because he's like just too trapped in the dark side to like leave and so ends up falling into the molten chasm with his sentry droids like it's yeah it wasn't even it wasn't even like he was trying to ask benny to help him he literally said benny's trying to help save his life and all he does is threaten him to pull him over with him it he wasn't even trying to beg for his life or anything he i think he just assumed he was going to die but you're going with me because you betrayed me, you little. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, like, I mean, my gosh. <laughs> wow. They're giving us very subtle complications that like he he was uh, like a result of the machine. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, like, yeah, it literally you know? took over for the techno union. Exactly. Yeah. So like it's sad. And the fact that Benny couldn't save him is sad. It's it it's deep. I don't know. This show, this is a lot. There's a lot for this show. It is. It is. I I mean, that's why we love it, because it's not your surface level. It's not a kid. It's not just for kids. Clearly, exactly. it's for Star Wars fans. If you happen to be a kid, great. If you happen to be us, even better, because there's so much food. Oh, here. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and we have this wonderful resolution, which is the, yeah. the kids have started to like collectively run the mine together and there's more for everybody. And uh Benny brings their stuff back. Wrecker gets Lula back. Did you Wrecker. did you see him yes, at the end? I did. He's looking he, at his Lula. Oh. And he <laughs> hugs and he hugs uh Gonky. Yeah. So cute. So Family reunion. So so good. And they they have all their stuff and Omega offers him like, hey, do you want to come out? And, you know, it's a big galaxy out there. But, you know, he feels like together as their community, they can make it work. And that that is the big like moral, right? That ties back Mm -hmm. to the elixir that you need to care about others um, beyond yourself and beyond your collective unit, too. Right. Beyond the family, beyond the bad badge. They have to care about others. And this is repeated so so many times and so when omega <laughs> leaves she tells tech that there are other threats beyond the empire there are people mm-hmm. like mako right so it's not just the empire it's also capitalism mm-hmm. interesting yeah and so it kind of leads back to their conversation in the previous episode when tech said 
as well. Echo and Crosshair made their choices and we have to, we might not understand or agree with their choices, but we have to respect their choices. So now in this episode, it's like, do we? Um, they're, <laughs> they're, <laughs> well, I mean, Echoes, yes, we do. We definitely have yeah. to respect us. Um, but, you know, now it's like coming around again, coming around full circle. Well, like I think I said this before, but just to reiterate that even though they have not chosen to go with Rax and Echo, doesn't mean there are things felt, right. Yeah. Just because Echo felt specific compulsion to go with Rex and do work with him, that that doesn't mean what we're doing is any less important. Mm-hmm. So it's I really liked that um, those two conversations kind of connect in that way. I guess mm-hmm. in my brain, mm-hmm. anyways. Absolutely. Um, they put like a nice little cap on these the two episodes. Episode. These two episodes yeah. went together so well. Yeah. 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 Yup. I know. I feel like I, all I do is say how great this show is, but I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It is great. It's so good. I'm so um, happy we have it. I'm so happy that it exists um, and that these episodes were so for me and you. <laughs> Big time. Awesome. Michelle, where can people find you if they are looking for you online? Uh, mostly on Twitter. I have a personal handle at Frey Adjacent. And um, my son and I do a podcast called Unknown Regions Podcast. And we have a Twitter handle as well, which is at Unknown Reach Pod. And um, you can you can sporadically find episodes from us <laughs> <laughs> on all your normal podcast places. Um, uh, right now, I feel like I say this every week of every month of every, like constantly, but he's again working on a capstone project. <laughs> this is the second. The first one is done. This is the second capstone project for the second degree, because I, if you can say nothing else about this kid, he is, he goes big or he goes home. So he's got a very huge project. It is Star Wars related. It's so I can't, cool. I can't wait to share it with people when it is done. It's probably not going to be done for another month or so, but it's so Bri- cool. before I, we even post it, probably I'll probably send you the link Marie Claire because um, yes. he just had under, he just had about a hundred people collaborating to record a piece of music that he wrote for this project. That's awesome. And like I said, it is star Wars related. It so is. Y'all, y'all will see that in a couple of, uh, probably a month and a half, I would guess. It's great. But anyway, yeah. So that's where I am most of the time. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter. And we're both going to be at Celebration. So that'll be a lot of fun. Too. Yes, yes. Hopefully not, our hotels are not too far apart. It was nice that we were at the same hotel last time. That was it fun. Was, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to What the Force. I'm Marie Claire Gould, your host. Our music is provided by Christy Carew for What the Force. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash whattheforce. We would like to thank all our patrons, especially those who love and are obsessed with What the Force. Melody, In Wild Space, How Rude, Anna Perez, Neil, Christian Luca, Josh Johnson, Scott C., and Susan. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube or leave a five-star review on iTunes or other pod apps. It helps people find the show. Check out our other channel on YouTube, What the Fiction. You can connect with us on Twitter at WT Force Show, What the Force Podcast on Facebook, and our website, whattheforce.ca. We also have a Discord. Links are in the liner notes. Feel free to reach out and start a conversation. Cheers. <laughs>